Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guide books. So, Mike, how are you doing since we have returned to the world as of, you know, earlier this week, coming from this Colorado trip? I feel a little bit better. It was definitely a a rough re-entry into Monday. Like, that was a hard band-aid to pull off and be a person again. Yeah. But I feel like my body has adjusted. I definitely, the hafe is gone. The hafe is gone. That is true. The hafe is gone. I'm still, I still feel like I'm catching up on sleep. Like I have, I've had two days this week where I've like gotten like a very good significant amount of sleep, but I'm still like feeling the exhaustion, like still running after me and I'm trying to, you know, give in and give it its time to, you know, find its way. But that's tough. No, I'm living the struggle bus a little bit too. Yeah. I think it's just a lot of catch up on things too now totally. that we're back in the area. Yeah. And just like feeling like, oh, yeah, vacation lifestyle is a beautiful thing. Because right. you can just let everything melt away and sure. forget. Even Unless you're we Dusty Ballard like who, who takes nothing. his computer and does work on the trips. Um, Yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, sometimes I, I didn't do any. I mean, I did work you did plane on work. the plane. You did. On the way I was over, very proud of I you. I didn't do any more. I know. I was, I was done. I was proud. Thank it you. It was a first in our traveling relationship. Thank where you. Where you just like kept it very tight. No, I told you, I was like, yeah, I have to finish this report on yeah. the plane. And you were like, right. And that means that he's probably not going to finish it. And he's probably going to do it when we get to the hotel. But then he's going to be tired and then he's going to sleep. And then the next day he's still going to do some of it at some point. Right. And he's going to put it off and it's going to be like an all week kind of thing. Notice how Dusty just projected all of that onto <laughs> me. <laughs> Even though, am I wrong? No, not really. Uh-huh, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, yeah. What is today's episode about, Mike? Today's episode is our a continuation of our second day in Rocky Mountain National Park in the Estes Park section of the park. We were staying in the Grand Lake section, mm-hmm. which is the west side of Rocky Mountain That's National correct. Park. And we headed over to the east side of Rocky Mountain National Park. And the first thing we did was hike Deer Mountain, which you can hear on the previous episode. And Estes Park was this lovely town on the other side. And we headed over there. It took about three and a half hours because there is a road that connects Grand Lake 
and Estes Park. Trail Ridge Road. But the road was closed. And if this road had been open, it would have only taken us about 40 minutes. Right. But it's typical this time of year for it to be closed. So um, we had to go the yeah. long way around, which was three and a half yeah. hours. Most locals, I think, said about June, July is when it typically yeah. opens and stays open. Yeah. So, yeah. It was the cross we had to bear that day. Yes. And but we bore it well. We did. And we hiked Deer Mountain. We made some new friends. And our new friend, Selena, told us that we should hike Cub Lake. Yeah. I'm looking for adventure, wanna follow on the trail Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky, don't wake the sun There's so much to be done, and the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real, you can feel You can open your eyes and open your heart when you gaze at the National Park. At the National Park. At the National Park. Follow you, I'll follow you there. Estes Park was really cute. Yeah, we didn't really spend any time in it. I think no. it was part of our like driving tour of the, you know, eastern side of Rocky Mountain. It's like there's Boulder, there's Estes Park. Here we are, right, exactly. <laughs> Just like gasps. It's in really, it was really cute, and we could have spent some more time over there right. if we wanted to. Um, we talked about doing dinner on that side of the park. We talked about doing dinner at the Stanley Hotel, mm-hmm. which is the hotel from The Shining. Right. Also, and Dumb, Dumb and Dumber. Dumber. But we didn't end up doing that because no. um, we ended up headed back. But yeah, it's right there. You know, you can walk through. Apparently, there are ghost tours that one can take of the Stanley Hotel. Mm-hmm. Apparently, like, there is, like, it is haunted from what I have read up on. Okay. And so You've there is sort of some you know, paranormalness happening there. Yeah. So uh, if that interests Did one, ghost hunters go there? I, I mean, I don't know. Or maybe, Mythbusters? <laughs> maybe. All the Discovery Channel shows. We noticed at the beginning of the Deer Mountain Trail, like there was no restroom. Mm-mm. So we finished the Deer Mountain Trail and I was like, I need a restroom. You and did. we were looking all around and we were like, I guess we have to go back to the visitor right. center. Luckily it was only like a 15 minute drive. Yeah. So we drove back to the visitor center and I used it there. But on the way, we definitely like were kind of impeded a little bit just by traffic. And we were like, what the heck is going on? And the traffic was because there were elk everywhere. Everywhere. There was this entire field just full of elk. And elk are so beautiful. I think that's the first time I've seen an elk. They're like, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there were, I mean, 30 to 40 elk in that field, I would say. Between that field and like the other side of the field, there were a ton of yeah. elk around. And then, you know, they were kind of clumped in, in different areas too throughout the rest of the driving around through that day. But there was something really majestic about them. And I noticed that there was an elk on the patch that we bought. The patches that we bought for Rocky Mountain National Park had an elk on their 
uh, patches. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was like, oh, well, I guess there's a ton of elk around. And yeah. alas, there were. And, and there we are. They love being photographed and they just yeah. love being Instagram celebrities. Mm-hmm. So uh, there were tons of people pulled over taking photos of them. Yeah, it was a little wild. Um but they were beautiful. And we got a firsthand experience with them a little later. Actually. We did a little bit later. So we actually didn't pull over. We weren't part of the the party of people that had, you know, decided to congregate no, at the elk. But I did. I was like, please slow down because I want to take some photos right. of this elk. And you did. And yeah. I thanked you for that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we, we made our way back to the Bear Creek Visitor Center. And when we had stopped in earlier, we had talked to a ranger, or I had talked to a ranger and had asked about a bunch of hikes because we had actually brought our snowshoes over from the Grand Lake side because we were uncertain of whether or not there'd be the need for them on this hike. And did we use them at no, all on we this did day? Not. No, no, we didn't. So we did pay for a second day of snowshoes, even though we didn't need them. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It was only like 15 bucks yeah, for the day. Yeah, it wasn't bad. No, not no. too bad. No. And they were lovely at the store where we rented them from. They were, but we did like when we had met Selena, um, cause I don't think we talked about this on the previous episode. She had these really cool like chains basically that oh, went over her boots. Yeah. I don't remember what they were called though. They were little like, snow they weren't chains. crampons. They were like a snow chain for your boot that just yeah. basically gave you traction to dig into the yeah. snow. And we were both like, we must have those. And she's like, they're like $70. And we're like, we oh, don't need them right we don't now. Need them right now. But, yeah. <laughs> Because we knew we weren't also doing any more snow hiking when we were there. Right. But I talked to that same ranger and I was like, listen, there's no snow over there on Deer Mountain. He's like, okay, great. Because the ranger in Grand Lake. Oh, well, I mean, there was some snow. But I mean, there wasn't snowshoeing snow. No, no, no. There definitely wasn't Um, any of that. Because when we talked to the ranger in Grand Lake, she was like, you might need them over there, especially like on this side of the mountain or in this hike which she had recommended a bunch. So we actually, I think I stayed in the car and you went in and you did the recon. Um, I did. I used the restroom and then I would talk to the ranger about how to get to Cub Lake. And um, she, she explained to me how to drive there, which Mm -hmm. involved like taking like an exit off the road to go toward a campground Mm -hmm. and then taking a road off of there. And then that would lead. Yeah. And I was doing some research um, on my phone because I was getting some good signal um, and there was actually a really great website that we had found when we were hiking in the Smokies and it was called like Hike Smoky Mountains or something. And this was like a companion site or a site run from the same people as Hike Rocky Mountains. And they have mm-hmm. really good like trail information. Yeah. All trails is something that we also tend to use sometimes oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, because they also have some good hiking information. And you can like download the hike on right, your phone. Right. So you can so that have way, access if you don't have to service, it Then, you know, you can utilize it. Right. Right. So we drive all the way to the trailhead for Cub Lake, mm-hmm. which only takes us like 12 minutes or something. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. No. Um, again, we're seeing more people pulled over because there's more elk on the and, side of the yes. road. And we're slowing down to take more photos right. too. Because we need them photos. We, Yeah, I do love These that. These elk want to be Instagram celebrities. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, Clamoring for agents. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to the Cub Lake trailhead and at this time it was warm. Like yeah. um, we had hiked, you know, Deer Mountain right before that. And it had been, uh, you know, fairly. It was it pretty was gray okay. in the morning. It was pretty gray. It was sort of like 70-ish. But no, the, less than that. Really? You're talking to like the weather king over here. Oh, well, you mean the weather queen. That's right. The weather queen. No, it was cooler. We were like definitely layered up. But like as we started to head back down Deer Mountain, the sun like actually popped out and it did get to be like 
mid to high 60s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. With a light and variable wind from the southwest. Well, there we go. Great. <laughs> and a chance of showers that was 10%. So um, the moon rise was at. <laughs> on the way back down from Deer Mountain, it mm-hmm. had been a little warmer. Yeah. I do remember that. So when we were at the Cub Lake Trailhead, I was like, you know what? I am just, it, it's going to be warm. So I'm not going to like take all these layers. So I just wore my tights mm-hmm. and my hiking vest, mm-hmm. which um, I got for this trip for the first time, right. which I love. Living that best lifestyle. I do love this you little hiking vest. In I invested. <laughs> I definitely did. You did. And it was a little hiking vest with some zip pockets, mm-hmm. which is perfect for, you know, a phone and mm-hmm. important things. And yeah. so um I just wore the tights and the vest on this hike. Yeah. And then we um got on our boots and then we set off on this trail. Yeah. And with that, let's take a break. All right, Mike, we're going to play the vault. Great. Which means you get to choose three. Three things you get to put in the vault that will remain there forever and everything else is forgotten. It's burned. Forever. Burned forever. You get to put three trail snacks in the vault. Oh, Only three. Which ones do you select? I definitely would pick like a peanut butter trail mix because that just like sets my heart on fire. Um, and it, it does me good. Um, I also feel like some sort of, uh, builder's bar or cliff bar type thing. So, uh, because you were like preaching the gospel of builder's bars this last trip, by oh, cliff girl, bars, you know I was. which are delicious and they do the job. Um, I feel like that would be it. And then I also feel like because we are often like lacking on our protein, um, some real good beef jerky of some sort. Oh. Those would be my, I've, I've eliminated all fruit from the possibilities of this, but that's okay. Unless it's in the trail mix. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how, you know, like trail mix traditionally is like dried fruit and nuts. Right. But the trail mix that we bring with us is just candy. I don't know that. I that's mean, it's not true. No, no, no. It's not true, but I'm saying the trail mix you put in the vault was just like, Oh, I put in the vault. You put in the vault with trail candy mix. trail mix. No, yeah. we have some really good no, Aldi trail mix. we have some mix. really good trail mix Shout out that to Aldi. is dried fruit and right. nuts, but we also do have the candy trail mix. And right. by candy trail mix, I mean, it's like you get it and it's like pretzels and <laughs> peanuts and chocolate chips and peanut butter chips. Right. It is candy. And like like an M&M knockoff mm-hmm. and then maybe raisins. Right. Like, I mean, come on. Yeah, what is just, that? It, that's a handful of candy. It's just sugar. It is. Yeah. 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 Sorry. So I did put like, that was like a gluttony kind of thing right there. Great. What about you? Um, the vault exists only, you know, once at a time. So in this version of this game, I like my trail snacks will also be the only ones ever remembered. They won't be remembered as well as yours. So oh, okay. there's going to be a little bit of crossover here. Okay. Is what I'm saying, which is, the Cliff Bar, Builder's Bar, Peanut Butter mm-hmm. Bar. Oh my God, I live for those. Mm-hmm. And yes, these are the ones I, was, I have turned you on yeah. to. I mean, you can turn me on to peanut butter anytime. Peanut Any butter turns me on. Time. So <laughs> there's that. I'm going to be specific about the trail mix. Okay. Um, some of that death by trail mix, trail mix that you created 
once upon a time on our Florida road trip. Guess what? We have a road trip coming up, so I'm going to make that death Girl, by you, trail mix. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't, I'm going to come for you in That's the middle right. of the night and cut up your wigs. <laughs> Seriously, though. Because you know I need them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh my I'm going to have to talk to my friend TJ and, you know, right. take a trip there. Exactly. And then finally, I'm going to put in bananas. Okay. That's bananas fair. save me often on the mm-hmm. trail because like that hint of potassium, I mean, it's not a hint. It's sort of like a, you know, an injection of potassium mm-hmm. does often give me like the energy to like get through the next leg. Right, right. So we get out at this trailhead and actually we had kind of driven and I was like, oh my God, this is the trailhead. And you're like, well, there's no parking. Let's like keep going down further. And of course, in my panicked Libra, I'm like, oh my God, we're going to have to walk really far to this trailhead. And lo and behold, we found a parking spot and you just like threw your hands up and we're like, well, look at this, aren't we? Just at the trailhead right now. Exactly. Exactly. Because um, this Libra has got the nerves. I have to my mother because my mother growing up, whenever we would pull into a parking spot, she would go, thank you, Lord, for the very close parking spot that you have saved for me. I thank you in advance. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of like she would like trap God to like provide her a parking spot. Yes, trap God. <laughs> she just like trapped him, mm-hmm. right? So internally i think i just like always say that now mm-hmm. just like a second nature whenever i pull into a parking lot surprisingly. so you can trap god <laughs> right so i can right yeah i guess it's not trapping it's right. more just like expressing gratitude and mm-hmm. hope putting it out in the universe right. that that's what you want and mm-hmm. so like that is what she did and so i i feel like it is just now in my nature to do that yeah. it's like no, no no we're gonna find a parking spot yeah. that's closer and we did. We did. And so we got out. Um, we we kind of geared up. And like Dusty said, he was just travel vest ready. And, and we headed out on this hike, which involved crossing like a small bridge. Yeah, and it was a small wooden bridge. At the beginning of this hike, it was very flat, like incredibly flat, very mm-hmm. flat. You're like going over just like a field. Yeah. And actually, it's like, it's almost felt like not like a floodplain, but there is a river that's running along. Um, There were actually a bunch of people that we saw kind of off trail, like kind of following the river. And we were like, this seems strange, but then realized that all those people were like fly fishing. Um, We saw a ton of fly fishermen right at this like uh, stream river. This trail did it could connect to other trails if you wanted it to. Right. The only way to really like get back to the car would be to either like do some sort of like epic 20 to 30 mile loop right. or um, come just back there and back just it. to there and back it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So we, you know, kind of take this long meander um, out to Cub Lake and Dusty's right. It is pretty flat for the most part. At and the you, beginning it was very flat. And yeah. Then, and then there's sort of like a hill area and you end up sort of going up this hill winding up it and then you go down on the other side mm-hmm. and like um then you're sort of right back into flat land right and you're the whole time you're kind of like in this kind of wide expanse of field so you're kind of coming around this like ridge this like rocky kind of ridge that you're up and down um and to your left you're seeing just kind of this vast expanse kind of back towards the road that we had come to right this open field with the river in it and then you kind of round this corner and then you round the corner to the right and when you round the corner it's like you see this like gorgeous view of these like rocky mountains in the distance mm-hmm. i mean and it's just 
unbelievable. It's mm-hmm. so spectacular. And you so you've got like floodplain and then these gorgeous mountains right. in the distance. At various spots right around here, there were some people sort of just like lounging on some big rocks yeah. and just like taking in the sunshine and the warmth. Yeah. I noticed a lot of people on this trail hiking in sneakers. And I do feel like if you were going to do it. Like, I feel like this would definitely be the hike to do in sneakers. Yeah. It did get a little muddier, like along the way. A little later. It was spring. So this is, Estes Park didn't have as much snow on the ground as what we had experienced in Grand Lake. Um, Even though Colorado had like record snowfall this year, um, it seemed like most of it had been cleared up on that side of the park. I'm pretty sure that's what, you know, the ranger had told us too that, you know, obviously it was all over the news that there was like big snowfall out there this year, but it had pretty much cleared there. So sneakers are an option. They're always an option. I was glad I had on. There's always people that also, you know, hike in their bare feet. Like that is true. Not on this trail, but not recommended on this trail. Yeah. We're making our way, uh, you know, across this flat area, down this floodplain. I mean, we're not headed down, but we're headed across this floodplain. There were some people who were, who were passing us and they were like, oh yeah, there's like, there's like three elk right up there. We're right. going to see a few. Well, we first, we saw one and we, we stopped saw, and there was like mm-hmm. a, three people and like a couple, one of them was a couple with a baby. Oh yeah, and that's they were right. like, oh, look at this elk. And they're like, there's actually like two more just like up a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was such a cute baby. Yeah. And the elk was beautiful. Again, it was kind of like nice to not have to like have stopped before to like make a big stink about like getting out of the car on the roadway to see the elk because we really did get a chance to experience that like look we at the did. look at and the national park opening up to us exactly. and just like and give they us what were, we needed. They were, you know, these elk were in their natural environment yeah. right here, you know, just eating, um, waiting to be photographed for Instagram, waiting to be photographed. <laughs> and so, from there, we um, there was that one elk that we saw, mm-hmm. with, and then we walked a little further and we saw those other two. Right. And those other two were... They were grazing. They were just grazing. Yeah. They were just so relaxed. <laughs> right. You know, we got some photographs of them. Mm-hmm. So we continued on this flat trail. Right. And then eventually, the trail got a little bit steeper. Right. The originally, they had said, I think the trail was like, it was only a few hundred feet elevation gain. Was it like between three and five somewhere? I can't remember exactly numbers. But we're like, huh, I wonder where this elevation gain is. Because it was a lot of up and down in the beginning. A little over some rocky area. But then like a flat burst. And then a little bit more rocky area. And then a flat burst. And we're like, where is this gain? you had said, you were like, well, maybe it's like, maybe they were just like measuring like, you know, how much like you go up each time. And I was (laughs) like, doubt it, girl. I think it's like, you know, they measure one spot and that's it. So, um, especially after Rocky Mountain had no bathrooms and no signage, I was like, no, they definitely, they didn't like deep cut, you know, (laughs) combine all of these like Rocky Mountain's not doing us any favors, basically. So we were like, okay, so then we essentially hit all of the uphill of this trail. And this is where snow kind of comes back into the picture again, too. This is where we're also seeing some 
like running water that's crossing the path that, you know, is just natural with this melt. There are some areas where like that water is diverted. It's either like somehow under the the trail or it's somehow just like around it and you naturally have to go over it. But a lot of it, I think, is because of that spring melt. And as we kind of climb, we're we're starting to kind of get into the trees a little bit more. Whereas we were in, as much as we were on the trail and under trees, it's very open to our left and right. As we're starting to climb, you're just like, now you're kind of entering into forest land, especially. Yeah, essentially. And like there is snow along the pathway now. Yeah. And so you're sort of stepping onto snow. There were times where, you know, you sort of step in the snow, but it is. What it yeah, is. it was and, fine. It wasn't snowshoe snow again. It was again. definitely not snowshoe yeah. worthy. And it wasn't very thick either. No. And I think that the trail was actually moderately, like, more so, I would say, than Deer Mountain, like, pretty crowded. Like, there were a lot of people out. I think it was also like, oh, my God, it ended up being a really pretty day. And so a lot of people were out. Plus, it was the weekend of National Parks Week. So the parks were free. Mm -hmm. And it it started to get a little bit more jammed later that we were there. So it was great to see a lot of people. Because there's sometimes that we hike and we... See nobody. See nobody. And it's, it's, I always like it when we see people. I do. I do appreciate like that kind of quiet solitude as we're hiking and there is nobody, but it is nice to kind of like see somebody, get to talk to them for a little bit and know that there are actually other people out here. Right. And that's something that was a really important thing for us on a later hike on this trip. So we finally climb up all of this elevation, which was like, 400 feet. That's what I said. I think it was somewhere between three and five. Yeah. I think it's 450. And so, um, and then we finally arrive at Cub Lake, which Cub Lake is on your left. Yeah. We had a, we had to kind of travel over. There was a bigger area of snow. And then remember there was that hitch for horses off to our right. And that's where like, there was a divergent trail that you could kind of take. Yeah. Go to the campsite. And then there was also like a trail offshooting that I believe. Right. Um, So that was like, that was our first kind of hit, like our first kind of landmark that we saw on the trail. And then you're right, like a, a little further down, like f- I think five or six minutes because we saw people like as we were heading back and that's what we told them. Yeah, yeah. Cub Lake is there on the left. And when we arrived at Cub Lake, like the uh, we had to descend. We wanted to get near the water. Right. So we descended down a little bit closer to the lake and the lake was just this like beautiful, very still water. Mm-hmm. Um, that was clear and with the mountains just over to the right. Right. And with that, let's take another break. Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, it's time for Drag Queen Corner. Please welcome to the stage, Miss Penny Tagliatelli. All right. Penny Tagliatelli, her name is taken from a combination of two pastas, Penny and Tagliatelli. Which I think was a clue in one of the trivia books that we were doing. Yes. Um, and it was like something about listing different pastas. And they yes. were literally right in a row. So shout out to whatever trivia book that was. Exactly. For giving us Penny Tagliatelli. Yeah. Who is Penny Tagliatelli? Um, I feel like she's the queen with the talk show. Okay. Uh, I mean, like a Wendy Williams type. No, no, no. Like a like a cooking show. Oh, a cooking show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A she's like an show. Italian cooking show. So she's like Giada. 
Uh, kind of, if Giada, you know, were a little, you know, had more of a sense of humor. Okay. I think. Penny Tagliatelli is like, um, she's got like dark hair and like a really big sort of like ponytail mm-hmm. in the back. She's very Italian. Yeah. And so you'd um, have to be with a name like Penny Tagliatelli. I feel like her, uh, her wardrobe is inspired by the like red and white checkered picnic pattern. Okay. See, I feel like she has many outfits that are, um, have like really fun, like food prints on them. Oh, so yeah. like if she's cooking like, um, like a lasagna one day, like her outfit or her apron would have like little lasagna print on it, oh, like somewhere. Or she would have like really cool brooches that would be like food based brooches. Yes. I also feel like she's a comedy queen. So oh, I feel yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah. Like you 100%. Can't have like a TV show. I mean, I guess Giada does, but I guess you, I was going to say you can't have a cooking show without having some kind of sense of humor. But I feel like it's like a, um, a la Seinfeld, like beginning of opening of old Seinfelds. Like, have you ever seen these foods on airplanes? What's the deal with that? But oh, like, like more Italian, like, like that's oh, her cold open. So she has she does like, like a little stand up cold has open. She stand up cold open before she gets into, I like that. Yeah, I think that would be good. I like that. Mm-hmm. And I think she is just like this kind of like, I think she also she's a force has, to be reckoned with. Has a bit where she like travels through like different places okay. to find the ingredients. Like oh. she'll like travel through different areas okay. of places like it's also kind of a travel show where okay. she like finds the ingredient like I'm going to go to this place and mm-hmm. get this olive oil or okay. I'm going to go to this place and get this um, Parmesan cheese at this special place mm. like that kind of thing okay I like that actually yeah what song does she sing oh what does she have to um, lip sync to I'm going to go musical theater here great and I think that she um, uh, lip syncs when you're good to mama from Chicago. Oh yeah, that feels right. It feels right. Yeah, you know, want a lot of gravy. Exactly. Taste Pe- of my ragu. No, pepper my pepper my ragu. That's it. Yeah, you if got you're it. good to mama. Yes, Penny Tagliatelli will be good to you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage, Miss Penny, Penny Tagliatelli. Tagliatelli. So we sat there at the banks of the Cub Lake. Yep. And um, we ate some snacks. Yeah. I think we knocked back a whole bag of trail mix. Yeah. I want to say I'm. I felt like this trip in, in particular, we would say like, oh yeah, get out the trail mix. We'll have a bite or two, and we would just kill the bag right. sitting right there. Yeah. And we did that on this trip. Oh too. yeah. Yeah. Um, it was interesting at Cub Lake because. Um, it, it's so interesting to see the part that fire plays in um, a national park. Um, and again, this is like stuff that we've just learned and seen over our trips and kind of continue to see as we go along. Um, fire does play like a really important role as, as destructive as can be. It really does help with the life cycle of a forest. And yes, it's it was part of the natural right. life cycle of a forest. It was really clear to see that like a lot of the trees that were, cause like we were at Cub Lake, we were kind of like, they were, mountains peaks on each side of the lake basically and the side directly opposite from us was had a lot of just like burned trees um so it was really clear because a lot of things had started to flower and bloom and these were just very dead looking so it was kind of a, a little bit more of a somber like not as lush scene there i'm sure like in later spring summer it's like really lush and beautiful 
but the lake itself was a really like nice way to kind of end our hike and yeah, have a and nice turnaround point. Day. Yeah, yeah and, exactly. and end our day. And it was such a great suggestion. Selena had said too that she's like, I always see wildlife on this hike. And, you know, the elk were like such an important part, I think, of the hike because they really just were so beautifully placed and, and mm-hmm. beautifully situated in that surrounding area there, which did add to the experience because we've seen wildlife before, but yeah. nothing really that big and that close, No, I think. And speaking of wildlife, there were also a lot of, um, just down the bank from us were some really hot dudes. <laughs> Who yeah, were all the listen, there, all the cuties, all the cuties were, were out. out. It was like cutie central cutie and central. Rocky Mountain that day. It was. it was like everyone we passed was like somebody oh. got the memo. Yeah, there were somebody like, sent the memo. They were and like they all came. cuties come out. Cuties be cuties be out be out. Right? That's right. So they were there. Yeah, they and were there in full force. Yes, yeah. there were so many of them. Yeah. Um, mm. So we speaking of wild animals, speaking of wild animals, <laughs> the um. So we left there, um, we we left Cub Lake and we t- started to turn around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we start heading back down toward, um, you know, like the, we got to now turn around and do the, the downhill version of the uphill that we just did. Yeah. And, um, you know, it had, like we had to go downhill in the snow and all that kind of stuff, but it wasn't too yeah, bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. All at of that it point. was super fine. And like, um, you know, we ran into a couple of people coming in and all the cuties, all the cuties. <laughs> right. We had Ooh. passed a, we had also passed like, um, two girls at one point, like heading out. And then we were heading back. It was like right at that juncture for the campsite. And they're like, Oh, hey, we saw you going out. They're like, you guys have long legs. And we're like, yeah, I know. Yeah. We're sorry. <laughs> there was also this cute guy that was just a happy 420. Because that's oh, yeah. what day it was. Oh, yeah, it was 420. And we were he like, was like, happy oh, 420, yeah. guys. We're like, yeah, yeah, like of okay, course. great. It is Colorado. Here we are. Yes, yeah. here we are. And all yeah, of that. And all the glory of it. So, um, so yeah, that was like interesting. But, um, yeah, we we kind of like start to descend back down. And I think at this point we it had I think the tired definitely hit me a little bit. We, you know, had done a very exhausting day the day before and then we drove 3 and a half mile or three and a half hours in the morning and did, you know, Deer Mountain wasn't a strenuous hike by any means, but it no. it did take a little bit out of us. And then we did this and I think it was also like second day. So we're still getting our like hiking legs back. Right, right. And so I was ready. Like I was kind of on the tired side yeah, yeah, yeah. at that point. So we're making our way back and um, we see the elk again. Yeah. The elk are now to our right. And they're all together. We're making our way at this point. Right. But they were closer to the trail. At least one of them was. Right. One of them decided he was just going to like plop down and sit and like be his like majestic self. Right. Like sitting there just like with the gentle breeze flowing through him. Like I took all these photos of him and I was like, I want to just be very quiet. (laughs) Right. Like we both were like that. We were like, we want to be very, very quiet. Right. 
and like we don't want to like do anything right. that would you know upset this animal. Right. And we weren't like super close, but we were about like no. twenty five feet from him. Yeah. I mean, he, we didn't leave the trail at all. He was close to the trail, but not close that like I could reach out and touch him by any means. No, no, no. It is and never a good idea to approach a wild animal high. Ever. Let's period. Talk about that. Um. So and also respectful distance is where it's at, folks. They you know, they say that more people in Rocky Mountain get injured or die because of an animal attack because they have tried to approach an animal. Right. So, um, elk will leave you alone if you leave them alone. So we left them alone and took some, you know, glorious photos of them. Right. And And, well, before we left the elk, there was another guy that like came up the trail and he was like, you know, looking at the elk as well. And we exchanged like hellos. And he's like, I was like, oh, there's actually some more elk up that way. Like if you keep going, and he's like, oh, we'll just wait until you keep going down the trail. Cause there's a pretty big surprise for you waiting. And we were like, oh, what is yeah. this? Yeah. So we were curious about mm-hmm. this. Yeah. So we kept walking and, um, and so we're walking around the corner and then, uh, we see kind of off in the distance in this small like little pond. pond. Yeah. There was something standing in there. And that we was were close like, to the roadway or close it, to the trail. Whatever that is looks big. Yeah. Bigger so, than the elk. Bigger than the elk. So we get a little closer and it was a, a moose. moose. And I've never seen a moose Ooh, before. I, had, I mean, you know, Bullwinkle. Right. That's really it. You uh-huh. know. So, but no, I'd never seen a moose mm-hmm. in real life. And this moose was like dipping his head into the water, drinking something, and then lifting his head up. Yeah. And then he kept looking all around. Um, so we approach, I mean, we don't approach the moose, but we approach like the, the trail, head, trail, trail part, the part of the trail near where the moose is. Right. And so we, you know, I took some videos and I took some photos. And then coming down or up the trail the other way, is this tiny little girl who was so excited to see this moose right. turned around and told her parents, she was like, Oh my God, it's a moose. And she so was like three or four. She at was the like most. literally three or four. So she starts just running directly toward where this moose is in this water. And I was like, Oh my God, she cannot go near that moose. Right. No, 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 no. I, you know, I cannot have this happen. Yeah. And so I thought I was going to have to, you know, step in and be a parent, step in and be a parent for a second. But luckily like her parents were like, Oh no, 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 no. And she stopped. And I was like, Oh, thank God. Because, you know, like I just want her to be safe, but she obviously was really excited to see this moose. Yeah. I was too. Yeah. The funny thing about the moose too, and I guess this is typical and I guess maybe it was like, you know, looking for like food or something in the water, um, it would dunk its head and stay like, and kind of route around in the pond for a little bit. And then it would like come up really quick and it would like, I felt it like just kept like looking at me. It was like the Mona Lisa. Its eyes just kept following me Mm -hmm. and all this just water would drip down. It's like, Moosey beard so is what funny. I'm going to call it. Yeah, um, his moosey beard. His moosey yeah, beard. He was a moose. He did not have any antlers. No. I mean, it could have been a she. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I why are know. we like, you know, we, gender we shouldn't be gendering her. this moose. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, um, but yeah, this moose had no antlers. And, um, but yeah, it sort of just had this very kind of like stoic kind of blasé attitude about just everything. And but it was very like aware of its surroundings very and aware, aware that there were people around. And I think, I don't feel like I felt 
threatened by the moose, but I thought the moose was more situationally aware than the elk were who seemed pretty lazy and chill. Right. This moose was like, all right, I got to do this thing. I got to put my head into the water and I'm going to look up and make sure that like, I'm not being threatened like every time. Right. Yeah. Right. And whereas the elk were just like, whatever, I'm just going to chew my cut over here. I'm just going to be like super majestic Mm -hmm. over here. So, you know, after we have our moose moment, we um, kept going mm-hmm. and um, we, uh, you know, wind our way back around the embankment and then we head back over the little hill and then we, uh, you know, are back onto flatland and there's still people fly fishing. Right. And there's still people coming out on the trail too. And there, like, Yeah. And by this time it was evening and I was like, I don't know that I would like. It wasn't dark though. I think no, it was like around four. I mean, I'm not. I'm less interested in hiking in darkness. Right. So I was like, I don't know that I would go out on this trail at this time. But Well, I think the trail only took us about two hours to do. Like two and a half, maybe. Yeah, it was like an hour out, an hour back. Yeah. We stopped a lot to right. gawk at a moose. Yeah. <laughs> so. To do some moose gawking. But like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. So it kind of made sense. Again, it was a beautiful day. And it was that kind of first day of National Parks Week where right. it started to be like a free, it was the free weekend. Um, so I think a lot of people were in and looking for an accessible hike. And I, I do feel like, especially based off of like the amount of kids, cause we did see a lot of kids on the hike. We saw a lot of parents with kids, um, hiking, whether they were backpacked in or whether the parents were carrying them a little, or they were actually walking alongside. Um, like I felt like it was a pretty, like doable hike for a family, like, which was nice. Absolutely, You don't always get that in a park. Um, so it's kind of nice when you see that, but I also did feel like you had to kind of work a little bit at the hike too. Oh, like sure. it wasn't just like a given. It wasn't like, no, no. you know, mirror lake in Yosemite where it's like, Hey, this is paved and you can walk out. To right. It. Exactly. Like, no, there was some work involved. Yeah, there was. Um, but we, as we got back to the car, mm-hmm. um, we, you know, we're unpacking and stuff. And um, as we got in the car to drive out, we noticed that people who were coming out of the trail with us had to park almost an additional mile away from the trail. Right, where I thought the original trailhead was. Right. Right. So um, that is where we would have had to park had we not had that parking right. spot. Right, right. Okay, let's put the Cub Lake Trail on the Karen Stone scale. So, um, how many Karen Stones do you give to the Cub Lake Trail, Mike? I'm going to give her a four. A four? Yeah. Why four Karen Stones? Um, I feel like, I was saying before, I feel like she was like an accessible hike. She wasn't, like, I feel like a five is like moderate, but I don't think she was moderate. I feel like she was on the the higher end of easy. You know what I mean? Like she was just shy of being like a middle of the way hike. Um, I understand. I too am going to give her a four. Okay. Great. Because so she is an eight out of 20. Yeah. Yeah. Eight Karen stones out of 20. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she's um, that hike is like mostly flat. You got, I mean, one could do that hike and enjoy that hike and probably see some animals by just doing the flat stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, you have that option to hike up to the lake if you want. Right. And then like some connectors off of that if you wanted to. Like, I feel like if you started early at Cub Lake, you could do a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lots of lovely Mm -hmm. connectors. Yeah. So, yeah, she gets an eight out of 20. And now it's time for some Jeopardy. It is time for some Jeopardy. 
In my game of Jeopardy, which is titled Sasha's Crowns and Pageantry, you're going to be needing <laughs> to guess the queen that I'm describing. Now, oh, okay. all of these queens will start with the word Miss, mm-hmm. so like Miss America, but Miss will be the starter of a compound word that will actually spell a word. So, for example, Wait, okay, keep going. Misunderstanding. Okay. Get I it? got it, I got okay, it. Great. Okay, cool. All right, so Sasha's crowns and pageantry for 100. I'm ready. During the interview portion of the pageant, this queen would deftly handle the questions from the MC as she has overseen voir dires aplenty in her lengthy career in the legal system, even if it has been marred by tons of invalid cases because improper procedure being followed. Nothing can stop this beauty from inspiring Dick Wolf's new show, Law & Order Death Drop Unit. What is Miss Judge? I'll accept Miss Judge. I was looking for Miss Trial. Oh, Miss Trial. Ladies and oh, gentlemen, like welcome that. to the stage, Miss Trial. I'd like that. Great. Sashes, crowns, and pageantry for 200. A master linguist, this pageant queen would dazzle the audience with her singing ability in multiple languages. Unfortunately, as she transferred from Italian to French in the third verse of Abba's Dancing Queen, the word tambourine accidentally became penis, making the lyric feel the beat from the penis. Yeah, Mamma Mia, here we go again. What is m- mistranslate? That's correct. Okay. Mistranslate for 200. Sashes, crowns, and pageantry for 300. This queen would dazzle the audience during the swimsuit portion of the pageant with a transformation from a suit made of copies of the New York Times to a swimsuit made of tabloids and gossip rags. Um, what is Miss Reed? Mm, I'm looking for misinformation. Oh, okay. But I like Miss Reed. Miss Reed, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you some credit for Miss Reed. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Sashes, crowns, and pageantry for 400. This witchy queen would call upon the spirits of the world, like that head in the crystal ball of Disney's Haunted Mansion ride, summoning the forces from the ether while chanting, light as a feather, stiff as a board. Instead of rising from the stage, she would burst into uncontrollable laughter as her spell backfires and harasses her with feathers instead of rising her into the air as intended. Oh. God, I don't know. I don't Think know. about what feathers would do to your feet. Uh, Miss Tickle? That's correct, Miss Tickle. I don't know that I would get Miss Tickle from that one, but okay, I'll All right, well, I was trying to work both angles there. I, I see. Do you see what I was doing? Oh, like Mystical. Mystical and Tickle. Miss Tickle. Got it. Now I get it. You get it? Okay. Thank you. I know, it's a little, this was a hard one for me. Okay, great. All right, and, and for Sasha's Pouch. <laughs> <laughs> And the $500 clue. By far the most yawn-worthy contestant of the pageant, this tax accountant by day, queen by night, would gravely underestimate the rigors of the group dance aerobics routine to let's get physical, and both her wig and tuck would come undone, unseating her entirely from the second half of the pageant. Oh, uh... This tax accountant by day. Right. Um, I Gravely misunderestimating. I, um, I don't know. Who is miscalculate? Oh. All right. Sashes, All right. crowns, and pageantry for 500. That was it. Okay, miscalculate. Miscalculate. All right, you. All right, it is time for 
my category. Great. Okay, so I was inspired by the name Cub Lake mm-hmm. for my category. Um, so there is this absolutely perfectly ridiculous, useless thing in gay culture mm-hmm. where we like assign um, body shapes, like animal names. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah. stand it, right? Like people who are larger and hairier are called bears and people who are younger than them are called cubs, right? Right. So to make... And skinnier are called otters. Right. To make fun hey. of this... <laughs> to make fun of this, I have created... Um, new gay body stereotype terms. Great. So you have to guess the animal term based on the clue. Can I tell you this is a funny thing? Because my original Jeopardy for this was about Cub Lake 2. Uh-huh. And I just couldn't get it to stick, but I wanted you to have to guess like animal baby names. Oh, fun. Because a cub, you know, is a small oh, bear. I like that. But I, I couldn't like work it. And so I went with sashes, crowns, and pageantry. Great. I, which I liked also for the most part. Also say that five times fast because it's hard. <laughs> it is hard. Sashes, crowns, and pageantry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Um, new gay terms for 100. Okay. This crustacean term refers to a gay man who stays out too long in the sun and deals with the consequences, but is so unhappy about it that his general attitude becomes as sharp as claws. What is a crab? Mm, close. What is a lobster? What is a lobster? See, I was going to say lobster, but then I got thrown because of like sharp, like attitude. Lobster and being has cranky. claws. I know, but like usually crab, and crab. 200. Mm-hmm. This scavenger mammal term refers to a gay man who tries to rob a store while wearing an eye mask, but can't open the door. So decides to eat garbage out of the outside <laughs> trash can all before getting caught by a car headlight. What is a raccoon? That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> great i have to say i think i've avoided i have been a lobster before mm-hmm. um but um i think i've managed to as avoid far as dating goes avoid raccoons mm-hmm. okay moving on 300 this aquatic animal term refers to a gay man who can arrive at a party and quickly disappear into the background what is a squid correct squids camouflage 400 this land animal term refers to a gay man who's colorblind and has terrible gas. What are Mike and Dusty? No. <laughs> what is a skunk? A skunk, okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a black and white yeah. skunk, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here we go. And f- last clue for 500. Mm-hmm. This flying insect term refers to gay men who only sit on porches and only come to life when a light is turned on. What is a moth? Correct. There we go. There we go. I've been a moth before. Yeah. 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 I well, do enjoy living that Mississippi life. Yeah, you know, exactly. Porch setting all day long. This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Follow us on Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks, or email us at Gaze at the National Parks at gmail.com. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. All original music was written and performed by Dave Seaman with Mariella Klinger. All original artwork featured on Instagram is by Michael Ryan. 
Join us for our next episode of Gaze at the National Parks, where we hike the Grand Lake section of Rocky Mountain National Park. This episode was edited by Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge that while hiking in Rocky Mountain National Park, that we were on the traditional lands of the Ute, Apaho, Comanche, and Cheyenne Indian tribes.